Welcome to Casual Watch Talk, the podcast from the Casual Watch Reviewer YouTube channel. Join us as we talk everything watches from watch collecting, the latest horology news and interviews. If you're not already subscribed, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Let's dive into the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 34 of 34. Casual Watch Talk. Wow. I know it's amazing, isn't it? I know we're nearly, we're nearly at, uh, we're nearly at our actual You're ages right, or yeah. close to it, but we, we will getting never tell. The, getting <laughs> in a crisis now. <laughs> exactly. How have you been this oh, week, Chris? Not bad. Hanging in there. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been an interesting week, hasn't it? It's been super mm. hot here, which it is rare. I know we live in California, but the part of California that we live in never gets swelteringly mm. hot like it mm-hmm. is now. Yeah, it's it's not that. Yeah, usually, eh, maybe like every couple of years, there's like one or two weeks where it'll will peak over a hundred something for a few days. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, uh, the inland is is toasty, and what was it uh, the the record for 130 degrees in Mojave? So <laughs> not that hot here, but certainly uh, hunkered down in the AC. <laughs> Join in next week for Casual Weather Talk with Sam and right, Chris. exactly. We've got a low-pressure system coming up into No One Cares. <laughs> <laughs> well then, uh, have you, well, let's kick it off as always. I think we've got quite a few news stories this week, so this should be interesting. A lot has happened, even though it's been a, a fairly average week in, in the world, I think, except for uh, you know the pandemic, etc. But there's been quite a lot of interesting watch stories and a lot of discussion on the Facebook group, so big thanks to everyone on there. Well, let's kick it off, Chris. Have you had a watch obsession this week? I know last week it was it was super interesting. You were talking about your three D printed tourbillon, so maybe we should have a tourbillon update and then your obsession. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I mean, okay. Well, we can we can <laughs> continue with the uh, continue with three D printing because it's kind of a part and parcel. I uh, I finished uh, a metallic one, um, and basically I I had picked up a, like a three pack of of bronze, gold, and silver PLA on Amazon and, uh, and printed up a couple of the, uh, couple of tourbillons and, uh, yeah, fun little project to put together, like super glue and, um, and a little bit of, uh, some, some two millimeter metal rods, like stainless steel. So that like all the little mechanical parts ride on, on that. And that's like made to fit uh, a little bit of tinkering and yeah, it was quite successful. So I made two of those, gave those to, uh, one of the local, uh, sent that, sent one off to a, a local, uh, a watch geek here in town so hopefully we'll see it on see it again on instagram i'm sure but yeah it's really cool that isn't it um how how you make it i'm imagining your 3d print sort of like a tiny little glue gun and it's continuous stream yeah it's it, yep it melts a stream of plastic and then just yep it's got a little uh point point four millimeter mo- nozzle and it and it just goes around it's a it's the new uh, uh prusa mini which is just a small it's like a 18 centimeter by you know, 18 centimeter cube, basically a volume. So it's perfect for what I, the stuff that I wanted to do and the stuff that I do, like there's no, I don't, I don't need to, I'm not printing cars out of it, but at the same time, it's nice to be able, you know, like, you know, phone, phone stuff and little holders for things and random. And I actually, my watch obsession this week is I got back into the uh, NATO adapters for my Casio solar and so I have, I'll have to post pictures on the Facebook group. I have a prototype now with 
the screws in the side. Oh, right. And so it's got uh, it's it's in prototype blue, so it it looks kind of funky. It looks like uh, it looks like a Casio uh, Solar with a uh, neck collar on it. <laughs> Obviously, the listeners can't see this, but that's definitely an improvement. The other ones were you can see that how it's evolved. Actually, has the strap through it. I I think it will be strong enough. Going to print it out of a slightly different plastic. I was started to write down the iterations, and I think probably as old as the podcast now like 30s i'm in the iteration number 30 with this one so making making little progress eventually i'll kind of do some more tests and then print it out of uh uh, like i said a a stronger plastic and give it a go because anything that you're going to put on a nato on a g-shock i mean it has to survive so (laughs) can't be flimsy it just comes with the territory my watch obsession i might forgo it because I was really obsessed with this watch and now it's come out and to be honest we might as well dive into this as the first news story oh, okay. because it's a it's a combined one. I was really looking forward to this watch and after seeing it loved it even more but then what oh boy the price and what I'm talking about here Chris is the mm. the new Accutron watch. Oh yeah. They've basically recreated the iconic Space View watch that they had if anyone's seen this I know people on this facebook group are very familiar with it it looks like a circuit board inside it looks like the dial is a circuit board but that's actually the movement inside so this was the original accutrons were pre-quartz and they worked off electrostatic energy not electromagnetic energy like Mm -hmm. the quartz watches do so bulliver who got bought by citizen in 2008 apparently have been working on recreating this space view movement for 10 years. So a modern, sort of modern take on it? A modern take on it. But they teased this, didn't they, Chris? I'm thinking it's at least two years ago they teased this and then it just went... It was, I think it was the last mm. Basel world. And then it yeah. went completely quiet. There was like one image of it looked awesome. Anyway, they released it this week, or at least I don't think anyone's physically seen one, but they've certainly put it up for sale. They've created a movement that it's not quartz it's not battery powered i think it must have some kind of reserve battery power in it but apparently it works it has two rotors in it that look like mini turbines if you look at it and apparently Mm -hmm. it works by as you move your wrist similar to an automatic watch it creates an electrostatic charge that then mm. powers the tuning fork. What that means is it's a continuous, it's not quartz, there's a continuous, a quartz that has stepper motors in it. So right. it's a continuous movement of this mm-hmm. watch, uh, which means it's got a sweeping, sweeping hands like a mechanical one would. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's hard to tell really whether it has what power reserve, they're not talking about that. So I don't know if there's a, I don't even know if you can store electrostatic energy yeah, in a yeah. battery or capacitor. Or you just like, you must keep moving. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> or the watch will stop. <laughs> I mean, it's an incredible yeah. technology. And I was looking forward to this because this looks the absolute business's watch. Mm-hmm. But when it came out, boy, did you did you see the price on these bad boys? <laughs> I did. I I think I saw a uh, particular special edition price. But what are, what are the base? What's the base one going for? The base model, three and a half grand. Whew. Okay. I mean, I I, I guess. Okay. I mean, this is the most expensive watch that I yeah. imagine Bulliver's ever made or Citizen, the parent company. I can't think of a Citizen watch that ever 
was that expensive i'm just it looks yeah. cool and the technology is cool apparently but, yeah. there's no watch that's ever used this this type of new movement there's desk clocks that have used this electrostatic energy too mm, okay but this is the first time they've got it in a watch but I just, I just don't know. I mean, it looks cool, but what do you think? Do you think... Well, it's... I mean, it's a completely different movement. So, I mean, you're definitely paying for the research and development of that. I mean, when the original Accutron came out, everybody was... Uh, you know, I believe that was a result of the quartz crisis. So everybody was racing to try to figure out technology or a you know a, a type of movement that that you know could be battery powered but but also be accurate and it's you know that as everybody rushed to kind of develop that um so that kind of came out of that this i feel like is sort of a development of a, a renaissance of that so so already you're into the territory of we didn't have to have this you know, that kind of that kind of you know that kind of engineering because i think it changes it if no one has come out with anything that is like this and you know you're searching you know you're pushing boundaries things like that okay fine but yeah here i feel like we have a, a movement that was you know created to honor the first one but also but also to because we because we had the technology tech, technology to, to to do it yeah i um uh, yeah, I, I can't I can't fault them on the price. I can't fault them on the price because it's completely it's not anything like, you know what I mean? It's not comparable to anything. I mean, what I was thinking of is, say, you take vinyl, for instance, right? Vinyl records. Well, what 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 did they cost in the 70s? You know, 70s, 80s, a few dollars. OK, great. And you take the price of inflation and da, 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 da. And OK, so nowadays, you know, vinyl records shouldn't cost seven hundred dollars. But here's something where it's it's like a technology like hi-fi from the 1970s that, you know, that that wasn't expanded, that we went back and we did a bunch of stuff to it. So, yeah, I can't necessarily fault him. It does it does look cool. And it certainly it certainly is fascinating. And if if you haven't seen one in person, um, I they they hum, right? They like make a humming noise and not actually. So I assume this new one does something similar possibly yeah Hmm. there's just no reviews of it yet obviously it's too early to say they start at 3500 there's also a a more sporty one that appears to have an integrated bracelet that is a little tad cheaper but then they have one that's even more expensive with a gold case and i think that's around well in excess of ten thousand dollars i think which Mm -hmm. I, i just Honestly, I I just don't understand where they're going with this because it appears to be the same watch but with a gold case. And I can't help but think you could buy a solid piece of gold for <laughs> and have somebody make a case out of a piece of gold and put the right, watch in and the just case. Place your watch, yeah, for the amount of for the amount <laughs> of have money somebody that, mich- yeah. a, 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 a experienced jeweler custom make a gold case for you for. I imagine a, a fraction of that. I mean, there's probably less than a troy ounce of gold in the case, and but uh, and it, and obviously that you know that troy ounce would be pure gold. But anyway, so yeah, I guess I'm more deflated by it because if this watch had been a thousand dollars, had been seven hundred, I would have been begging for them to take right. my money off it. it yeah, shut looks, up and take my money. Yeah. It just looks awesome. It does look awesome. It does look awesome. Well, you know that uh, maybe I mean in the three thousand dollar price range in that in that range maybe they're planning that's a test and maybe they're planning to see some movement there. 
I mean, I see a lot of watches uh, and a, watch, a lot of watch companies that, that, may, that get flack, you know, oh, well, it's, it only has an ETA and it's, you know, $2,900 or whatever in that $3,000, $3,500 price range. So, but those watches don't sell for that. That's MSRP. And then they, you know, they get discounted. And then, you know, next thing you know, you're like, you're, you could go pick one up at an AD for, you know, $2,100, $2,200, something like that. So, I mean, considering it is like brand new untouched market um yeah they're i think they went i think they went for what they want to get for it and then we'll see we'll see if sam can pick one up maybe secondhand for 1100 someday that's a good point i hadn't i hadn't factored that in because we're so used to a world where you don't get a discount on a watch but as this is in sort of seiko territory you're right this tuning fork movement there's no doubt about it this costs significantly more to manufacture than an eta movement even Mm -hmm. a cosk one maybe i am being a bit a bit unfair on it maybe maybe all right let's roll this on then next story comes from uh, watch pro and it essentially is talks about an auction so bob's watches did an online auction and for anybody out there i'm not sponsored by bob's watches but i'm a huge fan they they sponsor me in the fact that they allow me to go there to their warehouse of watches and they're just like, what watches do you want to play with? And I'm like, um, uh, could I uh, have a look at these? The Sam has turned up and we didn't shoo him away. That's how, that's what, that's what he likes. <laughs> Absolutely. And they, they are so generous. What they know about watches is, is awe-inspiring. You walk in there and feel like you know nothing about watches it's it's amazing the mm-hmm. the selection that they've got well instead of this being a, a sort of a under the table advert for bob's watches but go check them out you can use our use our affiliate link <laughs> they have <laughs> they did um an online auction some things were they ended up making this four watches they ended up making nearly a hundred thousand dollars what was mm-hmm. interesting is they had two pretty rare rolexes with gilt dials, one went for thirty thousand, and one went for thirty thousand two hundred. And this was a this was an online auction that they hosted. Yes, it was an oh. online auction. So normally, yeah, that's a good question or a good point you make there, Chris. Normally, they sell. You just go on and buy them. It's like a Chrono Twenty Four type mm-hmm. of type of situation. But yeah, they actually did an online auction because they found four pretty rare watches that. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that they either had one owner or they'd never really been sold at auction before. Mm. People mm. had owned these watches. There was a, a Explorer, but the, I guess the interesting thing here is they sold a um, Speedmaster Ed White version, oh. the 105003, and that went for 17500 which means that those vintage ones seem to be going up in price. I think with, I don't know what you feel about Speedmaster, but I feel like it depends on the model. Like if you've got one mm-hmm. of the, the modern Snoopy ones, they're mm-hmm. awesome. And it seems like these Ed White ones. I, I've seen an Ed White in person and they are they are pretty cool. Things are going crazy on the vintage market with... Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, I feel... Uh... And I've seen I've seen a sort of a shift of, of, of prices and things for that, especially Speedmaster, uh, certain ones, certain models. And I, and I, I, you know, it was great. We had uh, Todd on last week and, you know, we kind of touched on this, but I think some of the, some of those watches from eighties and nineties, you know, are now the, the neo vintage, the new vintage has come, come of age. And so if you are interested in 
picking up a 90 Speedmaster, you probably should do it because, you know, those are those are they're not going to they're going to be sna- they're going to be grabbed up by collectors and, and, and folks looking to, you know, add to their collection. Anyway, let's um, I think that all that talk of the Acrotron's really like deflated me. I need to, I know, I need right? to bring it back around. Well, yeah, I've, I've got one. I've got a story for you. Uh, yeah, please, please. So uh, I got, I was not invited to the Bob's Watches auction. I don't, I don't know. I did not get my invite to that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> the but I roller. was, yes, but I was invited by uh, eBay uh, is rolling out uh, more of its authenticity guarantee badge. Yeah. Uh, so I eBay contacted a, a bunch of the, uh, you know, a bunch of folks about. Uh, so now what they're doing is wristwatches sold domestically for $2,000 or more if they have verified returns. If you're selling, you get a bunch of people who are going to have sort of a captive audience. And what this means is you list your watch and it qualifies for this authenticity guarantee because you, you know, you're giving some, um, uh, you know, you, you're offering return, you're, you're putting a bunch of photos, you're listing it correctly, and then you're shipping it to their authenticator. So I'm kind of curious as to who that is, if, if it's one person, if it's a bunch of people. So if anybody, everybody listening uh, or on the Facebook group, that would be super interesting to kind of dig into. If it's a bunch of independent watchmakers kind of all over the place, I think, I think that's kind of cool. It's kind of cool way to do it. Instead of having this, you know, uh, how I could imagine Amazon doing it where it's like, well, we just, you know, we just bought a factory and, you know, a hundred people, a hundred watchmakers into it. And this, just your watch goes there and, and gets checked out. So your uh, watch is inspected. And then once they, they check against the listing description, and again, kind of what we were talking about last time, if it meets the description, they're saying we're going to authenticate it, but I'm, I'm sort of curious, like the way they chose their wording very carefully here, um, you know, that, that we will inspect it and authenticate and verify each part of the item um, and then ship it to the buyer with a unique authentication card. Uh, so, it, I mean, so it sounds like they're, they're going to be able to, you know, weed out any fake rolex daytonas or or you know any any you know any copies and things like that but i sort of question how how much they'll be able to do and sort of how that process works kind of fascinating that will be interesting won't it because it's do they go to part level because i know even there's a risk even with some rolexes that they have aftermarket parts inside them whether they're authentic the case and the dial and i suppose yeah. that's the same with any watch really, i think it, but... yeah and i think it would I, i'd be interesting to read the terms there because i think it would go back to the description i mean so if i listed my uh zin 103 you know i'd be like well well it it doesn't have a bell and ross crown anymore because that <laughs> the threading on that is gone since 1997 and so I'll give you the Bell and Ross crown, but it's, it's got a sin is in replacement. So, uh, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like with Rolex parts, et cetera. So it'd be interesting to, interesting to see how that plays out. You just reminded me, I had a bit of a plan of what I was going to talk about, but I just remembered oh. another story that I can nice. go off the piece with Don on our Facebook group. who's one of our members from Canada. If you've, if you're on the Facebook, you'll know Don is, he has that really nice Omega rare plow prof. Oh right! Uh, watch, and he takes some. He takes some excellent photos. He followed up on a on a direct message to me, um, saying how I was like the better, obviously the better presenter on this podcast. And oh, I see. 
No, that's that's not really what it said, of course. <laughs> he he wanted to um he wanted to follow up on the story that we were talking about, the buyer's premium at Chrono Twenty Four. Do you remember that from a few weeks yeah. ago? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. He was going on Chrono Twenty Four looking for the Tudor Black Bay Chrono, the silver and gold one. And what okay. he was saying is he's he's buying from Canada. Uh, he was trying to buy a US one, and mm-hmm. the ones that he was seeing. He says are at least seven to fifteen percent more expensive because of the buyer's premium on Chrono Twenty Four uh, than actually going into an AD. Yeah, wow. so this leads into your eBay Already. thing. Already, yeah. I mean, a good move. For, yeah, maybe a good move for eBay there because <laughs> you're if you get if you add the verification. Interesting. Yeah, it's um, interesting that isn't it? Because we were we were talking about whether that might you know their business yeah it it's uh it reminds me so i got a watch recon alert over the over the weekend that was uh an a used x33 skywalker that's one of my and i think your you know standard searches right and i looked and i and i pulled up it had like one picture and he wanted for this person wanted four thousand dollars for it and i was like uh Okay, so my in-laws uh, live in Oregon, and Oregon is tax-free. So I could just call up the AD for Omega. There is one, I checked. <laughs> I mean, not a watch obsession, totally. And just have them order me one and walk in and pay, I, I think, brand new, 4300 and that's MSRP. And have a brand new one from the AD and pay no tax and and everything, right? Warranty card and everything. And like, no, you just, I'm the first owner. Everybody trying to recoup their 7% and their 3% and their four, you know, this it's going to, these watches are going to, you know, move up and down. And certainly, uh, certainly, you know, buyer beware, you know, what are these? I mean, for all the stuff that I've ever purchased, it's like, what is, you know, what did this go new what did you know i mean if you're a brightling like what's a new b1 go for or when it was new you know yeah exactly yeah well over four thousand dollars but yeah you're right because when you're a seller now on chrono 24 you're not only going to take your your six percent hit but um, the buyers i'm sure are going to lean on you heavily because the to oh, yeah. compensate them for the extra that they're going to have to charge That'll yeah. be an interesting one to follow. And thanks, Don, for uh, messaging, uh, messaging the channel there. Okay, next story up. And this, this is pretty cool in its own right, but also I wonder what this says about Casio in general. But Britain's strongest man, or British, Britain's fittest man, I should say, who's a CrossFit, <laughs> okay. a CrossFit guy, Zach George. He's now become an ambassador for G-Shock. So he's an ambassador for the the G-Shock GB-H1000, which is the, uh, basically a G-Shock that has a heart rate monitoring specific fitness features in it. But it's not a smartwatch in the sense that it doesn't have an LCD screen and it doesn't have Samsung OS. It's essentially looks right. like the last version of the Rangeman. So it yeah. has the two-tone display. Well, two questions. Do you think this is the future of smartwatches where people just are going to be like, hey, look, I just want a heart rate monitor that and the battery is going to last for a lot longer is the first question, I guess. And then the second question is, I wonder if Casio are doing this because it's fair to say that they had a very rocky road with their 
actual smartwatches. Mm. I, I, I think they, they probably got that wrong at the time. I don't know mm-hmm. what your feelings... What, what do you think about first about, is this the future of smartwatches that they'll sort of regress back down to normal watches or... Yeah, I think in some, in some ways, because, I, you know, I, I think that there doesn't, you know... It's weird, too, because Casio, like, if you look at, at how they progressed... They were trying to, you know, you look at the Frogman and the, they were trying to put every sensor possible on that thing, right? Yeah. And then here we are and it, it almost like flips because now it's a tiny supercomputer. It's running an operating system. It's got a screen. It's got touch. It, it like GPS. It knows where, you know, like modern, like an Apple Watch or, you know, any sort of like, you know, Garmin, Fossil, et cetera. It knows where it is in space. It's, uh, it can, it's got accelerometers, it can orient itself, it can count steps, it can count your heart rate, it can tell you what time it is. I mean, just a million, and it, it feels like, yeah, it feels like Casio in the beginning sort of got kind of run over there by it. Um, but I feel like they're kind of in an okay space because if there's one thing that I think can suffer in modern technology is when people make things that try to do too much and kind of yes. speaking to you know the original casios so yeah that's great okay it's a it's a phone it's an accelerometer it's a gps and you know what it doesn't do any of those good the modern way that um your heart rate is measured so most of the heart rate monitors and i'd be curious to see which one they used, which module they used but most of the cheap heart rate monitors they measure your heart rate by counting how much blood is going through your veins it's crazy with like with an infrared light and just the fact that they could even do that so like not with electricity not like electro you know measuring your actual electrocardiogram but uh but actually just like looking at your blood vessels this is how this one works actually it's you bang on heart rate uh, detected by the blood flow under the skin all right so this is more so it's a lower power device which is good but it's a less accurate device. So, I mean, Apple kind of still gets in there because Apple has the um, EG, the electro ECG, you know, the actual, you know, contacts where it can measure electrical activity. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I like the fact that they've they've not gone to town with the smartwatch technology, to be quite honest. I, the most exciting watch that they've bought out recently for me is the Frogman. And that has a companion app so they've put all the smarts in the phone app because mm-hmm. you're mostly going to have your phone with you except for obviously if you're actually diving with it it looks awesome that new frogman uh, it's around the 800 dollar mark as well so it's certainly more expensive than a smartwatch but it just looks the business and like you say it's built <laughs> for purpose i w- i would worry about breaking an apple watch whereas right. the g-shock you're gonna yeah you're probably going to lose an arm before you damage right. the watch in right. an accident. Yeah. Like, oh, and then I, yeah, and then I flew in a helicopter and then I, we jumped out of a helicopter and then we rappelled down, you know, this giant. It doesn't, yeah, it's going to be like no matter. So I think as long as they're sticking to that sort of market and, you know, it, and it does what it says on the box um, and then offloading some of the, some of the features and stuff to Bluetooth, I felt like, you know, early on when these first started to come out, when, when smartwatches first hit the market, I felt like offloading some of that work to your phone via Bluetooth was kind of cheesy. But but now, 
I'm like, ah, I'll just I'll just let my phone do this, you know. Did you like, feel like it was that old um, the Seiko TV watch from James right, Bond where they yeah, entire, yeah. you had a, in, like a right. backpack that went with it? Right, right, it, right. It doesn't have a brain, but like when my phone tells it to, you know, vibrate the alarm, sure, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. I think Casio can really excel at this market because I, when I was a kid growing up in the '80s, the most exciting watches were Casio. I mean, they were coming. I mean, yeah. they had their, their blood rate, uh, blood pressure heart rate sensor on watches in the 80s didn't they you just put your finger on it and it took the pulse from your finger they were well ahead of the game so i'm glad to see that they're at least coming back and this watch it looks the business i I really like what they've done here with this one yeah yeah looks well let's um well we've got a few more stories but let's just pause for a very quick ad break hey it's chris from the casual watch talk podcast as our longtime listeners know we often talk about cars here on the pod and that's no coincidence Like a lot of mechanical watch lovers, we're both into cars and racing. A couple years ago, I curated a collection of automotive-inspired straps and started the Campionato Club. Campionato Club watch straps celebrate the rich history of automotive liveries with their inspired colors. Available in a single-pass NATO, two-piece, and our new super-comfy elastic NATO, check out Campionato Club on the web. That's championship in Italian, C-A-M-P-I-O-N-A-T-O dot club. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Casual Watch, it's not the Casual Watch channel, is it? (laughs) Hello everyone, welcome back to Casual Watch Talk. So we've got a few more news stories and then I think Chris, you 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 watched an interesting upload from TGV. Yeah, we we might talk about that that for a second. But um, next up in the news, and this is uh, one that certainly was making the rounds on the Facebook group and Chris, I know you wanted to talk about this, is... Seiko uh, uh, they released some watches and as far as I can tell they're not limited editions which I think is probably the most exciting thing about these for me but (laughs) they've released a set of Street Fighter inspired watches so Street Fighter the the very famous video game of course Um, Spent, spent lots of quarters on this one oh yeah yeah I commend them for giving this a go but I have to say I think these are pretty pretty ugly dare i say yeah yeah no it's yeah i'll let you say it i'll let you say it they're uh they're yeah they they are ah boy they're they are they are what they are they're gaudy they're bright they definitely represent the characters i mean i looked at the design i think the design of them but i i it's a weird okay okay so who is this marketing to so okay who grew up with Street Fighter? I did. You did, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm over at my friends playing it on, you know, we, we first got it on the Super Nintendo. We're going to the arcades at the beach. We're playing this game. I knew all the moves. Okay. Chun-Li, you know, da, 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 all the characters. I, okay. So I'm now in my 40s. <laughs> <laughs> and nostalgia is there for sure. But I don't, I don't know any... I don't know anyone young that, I mean, maybe I have this wrong, but I, I, you know, did, did Street Fighter carry through to kids, you know, that are now in their 20s? Exactly. And these, this is something that I know Capcom, obviously, Mm -hmm. this is a Capcom game and there's a link there with, these could be Invictors, couldn't they? The way they look. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I it I think it taps into the it I think it taps into the market that okay so if you if you're a 
a DC Marvel, if you're a comic book fan, if you follow all the comic book movies and that's the, you know, that's that sort of thing. Could I see a Superman watch, right? Just as I'm just pulling this out of my head, right? Uh, you know, like a just a, a bright, super bright blue red with the big S on it and gold hands. And, you know, again, like as as a 40 year old, are you are you are you pulling that one out? You know, yeah, it's interesting that you say that. I mean, if anybody's not seen them, brief explanation that they're, they're just the Seiko five ones that was the replacement for the SKX uh, 009 and 007. They they're not. You're right. They're not over. They you wouldn't look at them on somebody's risk and know that it was linked to street fighter their their impressions of a watch i guess that the characters might wear yeah. so the chung yeah. lee one it doesn't have their it doesn't have like chung lee's yeah it doesn't have characters on it, on it. it doesn't or, say yeah. it doesn't say capcom on it yeah i mean i th- i think the design is very creative absolutely very creative but i i struggle to yeah it's cool it's creative very bright very colorful I would have loved to have had this when I was uh, 14, <laughs> but I don't know if I would be popping one of these on the wrist uh, today. If you, had to, if you had to go for one, what would you go for? I mean, I think I would probably go for that Chun-Li one. Yeah, Chun-Li looks good. I think that I think like that a blue good. dial. Plus, plus you get a 12-hour bezel. That I just want the bezel. I think the bezel's yeah, cool. With the Roman... Yeah, it's like a 12-hour uh, bezel, yeah, but with the Roman numerals. The in fact, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. To, to, to be honest. I know. I was, like, I, was like, I was like, this is inspiration right now. You're like, who... Who's making this? Who's making this bezel? So, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> the... Um, but in the, the last two... Uh, the, I mean, the bezel is just a useless thing because the, the, there's right, no the, markings on the like bezel. Dots or whatever. On it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and I think maybe second place would be the white dial. But yeah. it's kind of got that funky scratched up. They, they did a like faux patina scratch. That's the next big thing. Uh, fake scratched uh, bezels. That's what we'll do next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it, like you say, if you, if you really... Well... Having said that, if you really love the video game, then you're also going to have to have not just played the video game all your life. You're going to have to have, have worked hard because they reckon they're going to be like $450 yeah. a piece yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, yeah. I feel, you know, like if you if you have all of the minifigures, if you have all the characters, if you have all the video consoles, if you have a Street Fighter 2 in pristine condition game console in your in your living room and you got posters everywhere then you are absolutely going to love this. But short of that, I don't know where the where their market is for this. Well, th- that was quite an interesting uh, news week. But Chris, you and I were having a discussion before this. I've not yet seen this TGV, TGV upload, but it sounds like quite an interesting... You, you were sort of saying that, and I, I would agree with this, that since the he, his departure from Watchbox, it seems like he's gone back to his roots, yeah. really, hasn't he? The, yeah. The yeah, more affordable I, end of the market. Yeah, and, and you know, it's good. I think I think we have uh, been, cr- not critical, but we think we mentioned maybe, uh, you know, of this, kind of followed along. Um, we're, you know, we're talking about the urban gentry on YouTube. So his departure from Watchbox has really, uh, he's really gone back to his roots. And like the last two videos that he's done, super enjoyable, fun to watch. Um, back to what I think sort of established himself, which is, goes into the history of either the brand or sort of what he's thinking and like and like covers it with with really cool b-roll and such and that was kind of all of it that was originally kind of his style 
And instead of just a, um, instead of just this, you know, watch box style where we just have the watch in your hand and you just kind of talk about, oh, this is our, you know, we're just doing this review. So, um, yeah, the last, last two were pretty fascinating. Let me pull up the channel here for a second. You're right. I mean, the one thing with TGV is that his passion for the details of the watches, whether it's a $20 Casio or a $500 Seiko or whatever, Mm -hmm. he's definitely, he definitely wears his heart on his sleeve when he's talking about a watch. You can definitely tell when he's genuinely passionate about a watch or or not, I would say. Yeah. So he, uh, his last one was four four watches every collection needs. Uh, It was cool. I enjoyed it and uh, got me thinking. I sort of feel, and I I know we've talked about this, that collection size that sort of makes sense and the other thing we kind of talked about is splitting out your watches that you're collecting and then watches that you would have every day as options yeah so the four watches that he talks about beater watch of course uh for you know working out running etc uh a a dress watch so something for special occasions um a sports everyday travel watch um and then a and then a and then a dive watch something that you can go swimming with something that's you know summertime fun you know for me i've i definitely have those four picked out and i'm curious to know uh what what your four would fit in that in that category i think he's definitely got it on the nose here i would say that there's probably four watches that i wear in regularly in rotation Mm -hmm. i have very much the collection the watches that I inherited, which I don't, I don't wear those. I just, I just keep them to one side. I've got the the watches that I wear, which I think they're for. I mean, I wear the mostly. I'm wearing that Breitling B1, which probably covers a number of those genres. I would yeah, say, yeah, yeah. So it's almost your sports, sports pilot travel everyday kind of watch. You get your Citizen, yes, which is like a little titanium field watch. This is just the B1 on a bracelet for the dress watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it. I think it might. I think I would wear that if I if I went to like a dress watch occasion. But uh, yeah, I've got the Citizen, the little titanium. I've got the G-Shock, which yeah, I haven't I haven't worn since the gym shut. To be perfectly honest, and then I've got the 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 Ultimate Turtle, and then the, the okay. B1. Those are the four watches that I that I wear regularly, and and I wear of course being a watch reviewer, I wear the watches that are sent in for review so i've been wearing dave at detroit mints mac uh mac watch which is really cool check the review out and then i've been wearing that good speed that was sent in which i'm going to upload the review on as well but yeah you're right my for, for uh, my core collection is four uh, what about you is, is yours around four or yeah you regularly yeah. rotate through I, I and i think i've got like one that i'm not that I haven't decided that if I want to give up. So I've got Solar G-Shock beater. And then for my dress watch, I've, I've got, I have an Orient Bambino. What is it? Uh, uh, Jody's uh, great video about, did you, did you fall for the Bambino trap? <laughs> did you buy and, one in the end? Cause I know you, you bought one thinking it was going to be as good as a Bambino, but it was a bit disappointing. Right. Yeah, I sent that one back, but uh, I had a, um, I have a, a, a white dial Bambino from, I think I've had it for maybe two, almost three years, maybe two and a half years that I, that I bought and at uh, Thanksgiving Christmas sale, it was like 50% off, off the Orient website. So I, I think I, I think it was like $130, which for that, for that watch, if you got, you know, if you're interested in a, 
in filling out that four watch collection can't go wrong lots of lots of styles there but um that one i'm not too sure about because i haven't you haven't seen it and i haven't worn it a lot and i don't tend to bring it out and i don't know it's i don't think it's now as maybe special as some of the other stuff that i have and i yeah i feel like if i was a dress look if i was you know as a suit and tie sort of situation i'd i'd put you know i'd put my gmt bell and ross gmt on a bracelet because it's kind of got a presidential bracelet kind of style so. This might make a good topic for a, for a YouTube or maybe on our podcast. Mm. Dress watches, are they, especially in this time when everybody's working from home? Right. I mean, are unless they, you really like right. the look of it. I yeah, mean, probably... yeah. I, I have seen some guys, some diehards on Instagram, definitely, you know, rocking the, uh, rocking the, the dress watch or the very sporty dress watches, you know, sitting at home with the, with the slippers on kind of thing. Uh, but it does... Yeah, it does. It does ask the question. And then, you know, then there are certain I think of an occasion where if I was at a social occasion of that can never happen again. So 2021, we're all vaccinated, we're all safe. And I'm at a social inner, you know, maybe something fun with uh, people I know. Um, I, I, I would I would probably rock uh, a chronograph on a leather strap as a conversation piece then i would put the put the bambino on yeah that, that's yeah i wouldn't i mean i suppose one of my watches could technically be a dress watch but i wouldn't wear it to a formal occasion mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so yeah interesting interesting yeah it's definitely fallen down to like i uh during during pandemic it's definitely fallen down to like uh you know, watches that can be put on rubber straps and watches that can go back on bracelets. And that's kind of yeah, like, absolutely. and watches that can survive a, a soapy shower. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, that was really interesting, that Chris. Let us know over on the Facebook group. A big thanks to everyone that's joined recently. It's going from strength to strength, the Facebook group. Um, a lot of really cool posts on there. I'm learning something new every day. I don't know what you what you think, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we were, uh, we were talking about luxury quartz the other day um the uh the zin ux and uh, it's an oil-filled watch uh lots of lots of good stuff on there uh michael was brought that up and we'll arrange another meetup within the next within the next couple of weeks for sure i know we mm-hmm. gave a lot of people very short notice of the last one but we we had a great uh, great little meetup there we'll have to arrange another one and we'll we'll post that on the facebook group so if you're interested in doing a sort of virtual watch meet with we we used uh google meet i think and it works it yeah, worked out well. Work well yeah yeah we it was uh it was moderated i moderated it pretty heavy but uh i think it i think it was good you let you know let everybody get a chance to to talk about what they've got and share their uh share their share their watch and their stories which was fun well as always guys we really appreciate you listening And we'll see you next time on Casual Watch Talk. Thanks, guys. Bye.